my name is Taylor DeSormo. I'm here with Andrew Serma for the final edition, perhaps, of Maroon and Bold, the podcast that brings you everything CMU sports. Today we're going to talk about some of the spring sports, what their chances are of going to the MAC tournament, so um, or whatever their conference tournament is. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about softball, baseball, and lacrosse. Um, all three of them are, are really right on that border there. Um, a lot happened this weekend that really affected some of that. Um, before we get into that, um, I think golf, they had something going on this weekend. Is that right, right Serma? Yeah, they, they, uh, they had their MAC championships, and they finished 10th again. But Out of 10, right? Out of 10. They finished last, as they did last year, but they had an 81-stroke increase. Wow. They, they Talk sh- about most improved. I'm sorry, not an increase, decrease. You don't want an increase oh, in 81 yeah, well, strokes. They got better by they 81. They got better by 81 okay. strokes. Uh, they <laughs> shot a 94 over par um, last year, so you can you can tell where they were at last year, mm-hmm. last season. That's a pretty good improvement for them, I thought. I mean, they took that as a moral victory. Obviously, 10th place is 10th place at any at, at stinks. But, uh, and, and Cheryl Stacy, the head coach, identifies that, that that's not where they want to be. But the improvement is something to be mm-hmm. uh, and, happy about. Happy and it's just the second year for this team, too. Just the second year uh, back from their hiatus. I think it was like a 32-year. Yeah. Um, so they were plus 94 this weekend in Noblesville, Indiana. Is that correct? Was yeah. it? And I think ninth place was like plus 60-something, so it really wasn't even that close to ninth. No. But I can't imagine what the scores looked like last year if they added, would you say, have they cut nine, 81, 81 points? 81 strokes. That's pretty good. Um, and I think I was, I was talking to Austin Deneen, who's our golf beat writer, yeah. and he said that I think everybody is the same except they have one more one or more, more or one less person this year. Yeah, I think it was maybe Hannah Matt. Don't quote me on that. One of them either played last year, didn't play this year. But I mean, the whole team is freshman and sophomore. I think maybe they had one junior, um, one upperclassman last or you know, in, in the fall. Now we're just making um, up stuff. No, no, that's <laughs> that's the truth. I covered them too in the fall. Okay. Um, no, the, they're they're going to keep on getting better. Cheryl Stacy's been around the block. She was at U of M. Um, I think they're going to keep on improving, but. <laughs> 94 over par, dead last. That's, that's that's a tough bullet to swallow to uh, send you out of the season. So they do have one only one upperclassman. It's Hannah Matthews, who's a senior. Everybody else is redshirt freshman or freshman or sophomore. Um, so they're pretty much done for the year. Is that right? Um, I believe so. I, I don't think any of them quali- qualified for NCAA's. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on that either. But. Yeah. So I, I think they're done. Um, there are three days. They were 317 the first day, hit 321 the second day, and then 320 the third day. Yeah. Um, speaking of new teams, there's another new team who uh, actually not doing too bad, um, although not the best weekend for them. So we're talking about the CMU lacrosse team. They're five and nine right now, um, but just one and five in the Atlantic Sun. Coming into this weekend, they had a legitimate shot to move into a position into that bubble spot for the final playoff spot um, in the Atlantic Sun. It's not looking so hot now though anymore. This weekend was their weekend. I thought um, they had a big game at Kennesaw State who is right above them in the Atlantic Sun, was Mac, in the Atlantic Sun yep. uh, standings. And then Mercer, they played on Sunday. Tough losses at both of those two schools, um, which just about, I think, ends their chances of, of making the Atlantic Sun postseason tournament in their mm-hmm. inaugural season. Yeah, they were tied with Kennesaw State for a while late in the game. Right. Ended up losing 13-9. to And then at Mercer, they actually led 6-3 to at halftime. And, they just fell apart. and something just happened that they really uh, did fall apart. They had a different goalie, though. I thought it was quite interesting. You know, the goalie played well. One of the things I was talking with um, the lacrosse, one of our lacrosse beat writers, Mackenzie Sanderson, was there was a pivotal play, I think, uh, Mercer had gone on that they, they had just scored two goals in a row. There was a, a CMU penalty mm-hmm. pretty close to the net, um, almost like, like a shootout, ball on the, on the ground. The goalie cleared out, 
um, of the net, and the Mercer player was able to, once the whistle was blown to start play, scoop the ball and quickly throw it into the net, basically a free throw. Really? Um, you know, 15 feet away from Never the net. Never heard of that. And I thought that, because I, I don't know women's lacrosse that well, I thought that, that the rule was on a penalty shot, the goalie has to stay start from outside of the net and scurry her way back into, uh, into her position. Hmm. But what Mackenzie Sanderson said was, that was Sarah Tisdale's uh, defensive tactic was to pull the goalie out of the net to have one more extra defender, which basically left a wide open net. And if that was the case, I don't understand why. I Interesting don't, stuff. But Tisdale knows so much more than I ever could even presume to. To about, about lacrosse, about yeah. Lacrosse, so I'm quite I'm interesting. Going to, uh, doubt her. They're, so they're five and nine right now. They have two games left to play this year, both at home, both next weekend, both Atlantic Sun games. Yep. So they can improve to as high as three and five in the A Sun. But I like you they, said, they can't make that the uh, tournament. They'll still finish seventh if they win them both. Yeah, a lot of the other teams have just one conference game remaining. Um, they, they would need some more time and, and some other teams to lose, quite frankly. But they do have a good shot of winning both of these two uh, these next two games. I think they go two, you said at home against Howard? Bo- um, Howard's the second one. The first one's going to be a tough one, though, against Old Dominion, who's Howard, second in, yeah. the, uh, in the conference. Old Dominion. But, yeah, yeah. Old Dominion will be tough. Howard should be a win. I think that they're last in, in, uh, in the conference right now. Um, so after, after that, the lacrosse team, they're going to be done for the year. Um, five was, and nine so far. I was impressed, especially coming into this weekend with a five and seven record. I was impressed. I didn't think that they were doing all that well. And I was like, five and seven, they could be uh, 500 coming out of this weekend. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they didn't go, this game didn't go their way. But uh, it's still an impressive record. They could be, I, I'm going to give them a six and ten. Yeah. To finish the season. When I look, too, at the uh, other t- spring sports and even all the other CMU sports, they're really not much further below a lot of these other sports that have been around for years and years. They've already kind of come in and started competing. Now, granted, I'm not sure how competitive this Atlantic Sun division is. I know Jacksonville's really good, but really good. I'm not sure about the rest of the conference yet. Right. Um, but just to go 5-9 and nine, be, um, and win some games and be competitive against some of these better teams, I think is impressive. I think is a sign of things to come for this team. Definitely. So, speaking of sports we don't know what we're talking about, uh, let's try softball. Um, they're just outside. They're also one spot outside of uh, making their conference tournament, yeah. sitting in ninth place. They take it, so, so I'll just back up, La- lacrosse takes the top six. Top six, yep. Because the, the, there's only nine teams in the A-Sun. Right, and then for MAC baseball and softball, they take the top eight teams in, Correct. in for those conference tournaments. Yep, okay. so right now softball is on the outside looking in. They're 20-22-1, but in the MAC, they're 7-9-1. At that crazy tie when it snowed, naturally. Tie. So, um, but yeah, they're only a half game back, I believe, of Eastern Michigan. And what do you know? Eastern Michigan comes to Mount Pleasant this weekend for a triple threat series. A series seems like an important one. Yeah. Um, I think that CMU should come away with at least a series victory coming up this weekend. Um, I know that EMU. Where they had the standings? What's their They're eight and nine in the MAC, and CMU seven nine and one. That's gonna be a tough game, but I I think looking at uh, the stats that Eastern's posted, looking at the stats that we've posted that I've seen, um, I like our chances going in. I think if you're CMU, you have to take this series. And why I say that is they have one series after that against against Northern Illinois, three games. NIU has the best record in the MAC. They're 31 and 13, 12 and 5 in the MAC, and have won their last four games. Plus, CMU has to go all the way to Illinois. So I wouldn't really count on any of those games being wins. Just as strong as Northern Illinois has been, and going on the road, you never know. 
you pretty much got to win at least two out of three, maybe sweep if you want to top Eastern. And then it's really just really jumbled up for that eighth spot because also tied for eighth is uh, Buffalo at eight and nine, Ohio's at nine and eight. So there's a lot going on right around that 500 mark. They go to Ann Arbor um, in midweek, I believe. Wednesday, and, uh, yep. They go Wednesday. Number two team in the country. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good test. Um, hopefully they come out of that not too if they if they take a big loss, not too demoralized, mm. and they come back with uh, some good energy and good po- positive flow back into the Eastern series. Um, now they've won five of six right now. How how, how good have they been at uh, Margo Yonker Stadium? Well, that's a good question, Andrew. I'm gonna bring that up I'm, right I'm now. Put you right out right around the spot. Here we go. At home, they are seven two and one. On the road, they're three and ten. Ten okay. and ten neutral. So yeah, the homes are a place to be. They've won seventy percent of their games and. Had a tie in there too, so I think that's going to be the best medicine for them this weekend. They've won five out of six, like we said. Um, it's all up to what's what's happening here this weekend. Um, Eastern Michigan's going to be a good one. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of Eastern Michigan, the baseball team also has a big series on the road against Eastern Michigan this weekend, and um, it's. I was surprised to see where they are in the standings. I don't know. If- I was too, in all honesty. I thought when I was going to coach up to baseball, baseball would have been the lowest. They had such a terrible. Start to their season. Not conference. They're like they're thirty lost team. They're ten and thirty, I believe. Maybe ten and twenty nine. I'm not sure. But yeah, either way, that doesn't look very good. That's twenty five percent of your games. But then you look at in the MAC. They're five and seven. That's not terrible. I mean, obviously they were projected to win the MAC West, which is not going to happen right now because Ball State's ten and five. Um, but where they're sitting right now, they're, if they can string together a few wins, they, they have a lot fewer games. I think they have an extra series to play than most, a lot of these other teams. Um, but at 5-7, and seven, they're sitting in fourth place, I believe, in the MAC, um, and top eight teams go. So they're right now they're comfortably in. But they the actually, thing is... They actually, I want to say they fell. They dropped a fifth, they dropped didn't they? fifth place. They were tied with Eastern coming into last night. Mm-hmm. Um, CMU looked like they were going to win... Uh, you know the, the nightcap against Toledo, mm-hmm. one inning killed them last night. Um, but Eastern goes eleven innings uh, against Western and ends up taking it. I mean even twelve innings end up taking the game by by a point. Right? So that's how West Eastern jumps three. over CMU. So Eastern jumps them, um, and it goes by win percentage. Uh, so I want to say that CMU is like a, a four. So CMU Eastern's one game better right now. Okay. So they they played the same amount of games. Eastern six and six. Central Michigan is five and seven. Um, still a real close battle here. A lot of stuff going on. I don't think that they're going to be able to jump higher than maybe number four because there's some good teams ahead of them um, that have pretty good records, already nine, ten wins. They finished their season off against Western Michigan. And just watch out for that. Watch out for a little sleeper in Western, winning a series at the end of the, uh, the season and uh, them sneaking in up past CMU. Yeah, the crazy CMU. thing is CMU's not that far from the basement right now. No, they're not. La- I mean, they're five and seven, and last place is five and ten. Or actually, I'm either five and ten or four and eight. We'd have to do the math on that one. There's been there's some weird things going on in the standings, but either way, they're really only a game or two ahead in the win column of last place. Um, but then again, they could jump all the way to fourth. Right. So it's kind of like when we were talking about the basketball season, how close everything was. One weekend can really shift the momentum for any team. That's really the case for them too. Now their schedule, um, like we said, they have a lot of games left, so they're definitely they haven't clinched by any means. Um, we got Eastern Michigan on the road this weekend. Then they go to, go to Ohio the following weekend. Um, home against Miami, 
for three, and then home against Western Michigan for three to end the year. So you got Eastern, Ohio, Miami, and Western. Um, and in the standings, Eastern obviously we talked about is one game ahead. Um, just just like softball, Eastern just just ahead. Uh, Miami is nine and three. Ohio's five and nine, and Western is four and eight. So some uh, a good range of teams there too. You want to know what Eastern is not ahead of us in? Um, I think I know where this is going. Football. 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 And not just in wins. Not just in wins, but financially. So I, there's been a lot of talk lately. Today so, in particular. Mm-hmm, about this Eastern Michigan football program or athletics department in general. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people claiming that, um, recommending that they should no longer have a Division One football program because of all the money they're losing. They're not winning games. It's, it's not reflecting well in the university. Um, quite interesting. Um, I know the Matt commissioner actually came out the other day and said, we haven't heard anything about this. We have to have conversations with them before any of this would happen, whether it's Eastern going to D1 AA, which is the FCS, I believe, or going to Division 2 or 3. Maybe joining the Horizon League has been a topic of conversation, Um, or maybe even just eliminating the football program as a whole. Right. Um, Which would be, I mean, you think about it, anytime CMU plays this Eastern team, you got to think, like, could this be the last time that they play? I mean, if you look at uh, the game, even up here, granted it was, it was up here, but the excitement behind that Eastern program, there's not much to it. I mean, no. their fans don't travel. Their fans don't even travel to their own stadium. Eastern football, Eastern Michigan football is kind of at a disadvantage. Their foot, it's kind of a commuter school in a sense. You get U of them, what, 10 minutes away? U of them, 10 minutes down the road, but uh, the the stadium is, is pretty far away from the campus. It's not necessarily a good walking distance. Um, it's it's, a, it's a nice stadium, the factory. Nice I don't know if you've ever seen that gray field, but uh, I don't know our photographers aren't a fan of it. But well, That's my problem. Is every time I see that stadium, it looks like it's a it's cloudy gray day. It looks depressing and I mean, dreary there. Yeah, that's there's Eastern Michigan. Oh, but that, that would be, I think, that it's unfortunate to see them in this position. Yeah. Um, but I – and I, it sucks for the MAC. It sucks for, the, for Eastern, but it would just be really – Unfortunate to see that football program go. It's part of the rivalry right now it between is. CMU, Western, and Eastern. You got the three Michigan MAC teams. Everybody else is pretty much in Ohio besides NIU, uh, Ball, State, Ball State, and Buffalo. Right. Um, but losing that would definitely it would really shake up the MAC too in terms of all right. We here's our schedule for the next few years. We we always play these five MAC West teams. Right. What, what would happen then? It would be real interesting to see. Uh, I know they added a team a few years ago with UMass, so they'd actually go from 13 to 11 because UMass is. Is on its way out too. But I mean, Akron dropped baseball. Yeah, so yeah, it's, could it's be like not, that. You know. I'm not sure, but you've done some research in CMU's budget numbers. Um, I don't know how much you've been able to compare them to Eastern's yet. I know Eastern's. I think their budget was actually very high, especially in terms of uh, direct um, institutional support, and they even have some indirect institutional support Theirs as well. Was actually, the highest. Mm-hmm. Theirs was the highest in the MAC. In, in the MAC in the state of Michigan. Uh huh. Um, I, I can't. I, I don't want to say in the entire MAC, but I know it, with all the MAC schools in Michigan, the three of them, uh, Eastern put the most money into their their program. They had st- no student fees, but they had indirect institutional support and direct institutional support. Mm-hmm. Theirs was the highest. Um, yeah, and for and what are they getting out of it? Honestly, I I can see why fans are clamoring I for like especially people. There's not a lot of fan engagement, which is really an issue. They're not winning many games. It's it's definitely a hard time for this Eastern Michigan program. And I know they've been even talking about there's an HBO series that came out and talked about some of the debt they've been in, talking to professors who say that it shouldn't happen. But honestly, some of that talk goes on everywhere. I mean, even here at CMU, 
in our academic senate meeting, there was people saying, you know, we should just cut football. How much they get is, is not not worth it. There's even people like, you know, we should get rid of football and we should do soc- men's soccer instead. That's what I want to see. And it's just kind of people spewing out their ideas. Um, with Maybe there's some research going into it, but it, it seems like not a whole lot. And, and people that don't care about football, I could see why you'd be mad about millions of dollars going over there. It's a lot of money that they spend on football. Um, there's, there's a very prominent argument in, in academics that go and looking back at the high schools. Mm-hmm. Why do we lump ac- academics in with athletics and say, okay, your high school experience, your school experience needs to be academics mixed with you know, the, the high school jock or whatever, whatever that image might be. Why not separate them? Why not let the cities and the municipals have put on their own sports leagues mm-hmm. and focus with just schools about being an academics interesting. institution. Something I found interesting, we talked to Athletics Director Dave Heakey last week right. about this. You actually have a story coming out on Thursday for Thursday's CM Life, um, so take a look at that when, once, once we get it together. But something that they said is, I think, don't quote me on these numbers, but the athletics budget is approximately $20, $21 million dollars. Maybe nineteen. On paper, it was budgeted for nineteen million, but I, I wanted um, the words that came out of Dave's and Crystal's mouths was that they were around twenty-one million. Okay, but the interesting thing was they they kept reiterating this about what six to seven million. A big chunk of it went right back to the school right. because of these athletic scholarships, and um, basically they have to pay the same amount as students do. So if there's an out-of-state player for, let's say, the basketball team, that player actually costs the athletics department more because they have to pay out-of-state tuition. I thought it was just like, all right, you guys are all in, whatever. But it's not that way. Right. So, you know, that kind of brought the question to us was when we did our lacrosse recruiting stories and softball Mm -hmm. recruiting stories, lacrosse, head coach Sarah Tisdale goes all over the country. Only like four or five are from the state of Michigan, whereas softball – most of them are from Michigan. It's a complete flip. Complete flip. So I will maybe. There's only three not from Michigan is in the, Is the lacrosse team more expensive yeah. because of the scholarships than uh, the softball team? And then how do you draw the line in telling the coaches, hey, our budget's really tough right now. Can you maybe just get somebody from Michigan? We, we need to get Rob, Rob Wyman on here to explain. Crystal Swindle. It's, it's very interesting. Explain. I don't know. There's always like an ethics debate um, and things like that. Right. Like, um, do they have complete freedom? It seems like they do if you have people like Sarah going across the country and even the world and getting people from Canada. Uh, I, I'm curious if this is how it works for all the different institutions or if this is more CMU-specific. thing, um, another story coming out. There's Bold right there. Um, on Thursday, I'm, I'm doing one on Title IX, talking a little bit about um, cut, maybe cutting roster sizes, maybe cutting men's sports, or maybe adding women's sports that goes along with the budget a little bit too. When you uh, interviewed David about it, what were the things that he was kind of telling us um, – would we have to cut roster sizes, or is that cutting men's scholarships? What, so they would have to there? cut roster sizes if they – basically, CMU wants to be compliant with Title IX, and they have to be. Um, and the prong that they're following under Title IX is that the ratio of males to females on campus will match the ratio of males to females in athletics. Right, and right now it is. Right now it, it is. Okay. But the trend is that more and more females are coming to CMU, which in turn means – Eventually, they're going to have to either add another women's sport or somehow add female athletes. Yeah. Well, however that is, at least the ratio, and that could be taking away men's athletes, which is not the goal of Title IX, and people are frustrated with it, and everyone says, no, that's not what we want to do. But when it comes to the budget numbers, if they're already in trouble or if, the, if they can't afford to add another million dollars or whatever the number is, then that might be their only option. 
So we, it's interesting. Uh, we actually had a reporter go in today and talk to uh, the track coach about, like, what's the potential of cutting roster sizes, things like that. So I'm interested to see how that turns out. That'll also be in Thursday's paper, um, CM Life, as well as cm-life.com. Boom. There it is. So I think that's about all the time uh, we have today, unless you had anything else you wanted to add, Andrew. Um, you know, I don't have too much. I have one thing. We have uh, congrats to uh, Daniel Chipping and also uh, Nick Deeg. They were named baseball players of the week for the MAC Conference. Pitcher the MAC Conference. Player. For the Mac Conference conference. So uh, <laughs> congratulations to those guys. Those guys did uh, had a heck of a week. They picked up a big series win against yep. Toledo to keep them kind of uh, floating and hanging around in the Mac picture. So. Definitely. Congrats to them. Um, I th- this is about it for Maroon and Bold. I'm not sure. We might have one more. Not not positive. But uh, this could very well be it. Um, Surma, I'm going to hand you the reins here. and uh, hey, Ted to Sarma, ladies and gentlemen. This guy has been a hell of a, an, an editor and a hell of a worker. And uh, he's going to make some corporation, wherever he goes to work one day, a very, very happy uh, boss, I'm sure. So. Well, I appreciate it, Sir, man. Fans are going to have something to look forward to next year. Uh, Sermon's going to do a great job leading the sports desk and uh, hopefully still doing some maroon and bold. You'll have to recruit, recruit somebody else uh, to take my spot. But I think it's going to be uh, – I'll definitely be watching uh, on, some, on the Periscope and uh, checking on cm-life.com slash multimedia Boom. for more of that So just to, to get our name out there. One more time. So that's about it here from the CM Life podcast room on the fourth floor of Moore Hall. My name is Taylor DeSormo, here with Andrew Serma. This has been Maroon and Bold.